If you're looking for an international school that provides quality American education at an affordable price for your child, well, Excel American Academy could be just what you're looking for. This school follows the American curriculum that's aligned with Aero guidelines and US Common Core standards. It also has a unique Pioneer Town program, an experiential learning program that gives students hands-on and real-world experience. Excel American Academy is not just for US citizens, it's for everyone. Visit xaa.edu.sg to find out more. Hello, and thanks for tuning in to the Growing Pains podcast brought to you by Honey Kids Asia. This podcast will delve into the deeper challenges of modern parenting and provide a safe space for parents to unravel and detangle the messy and sometimes scary world of modern parenting. My name is Ange. I'm an Aussie expat who has called Singapore home for the last nine years. I'm a mum to two boys, Xavier, who is 11, and Marcel, who is nine. In this episode of the Growing Pains podcast, we're talking to Olsen Chanamutu, Schools Engagement Manager for Dads for Life and Centre for Fathering and a father of three. We want to learn more about modern dads. Are they really the best generation of fathers? Enjoy. Hello, Olsen. It's so lovely to have you on the podcast. Hi, it's good to be here. (laughs) So first up for our listeners, why don't you tell us a little about you? Okay, I work for the Centre for Fathering. Before that, I used to be a primary school teacher. Yeah, and uh, so I'm married to my wife for about 12 years now. Her name's Jasmine. She's a speech therapist. And then I have three wonderful kids. Uh, my oldest child is Gabrielle. She's nine. My middle one's Jonah. He's six. And my youngest is Levi. And he's about 17 months or so. Oh, wow. So there's a toddler yeah. and then much older children in the, in yeah, the house. Yeah, he's the one keeping us awake. Yeah. Oh, yes. When you go back to square one when the, the other ones were older, it must have been a little shock because yeah. they... <laughs> they definitely don't sleep well, the little ones. Now, we want to know more about Dads for Life and the Centre for Fathering. What is the organisation about? And can you tell us more about your role? Sure. Um, the Centre for Fathering is actually a non-profit organisation. We're funded by donors and sponsors. And we do get some funding from MSF as well. But why we're here is really just to inspire fathers to be better parents, you know, to be a better father, to be more involved. I think people of my age, generally, we've grown up with fathers being at work, doing all the, you know, work outside of the home and the moms do the caretaking at home. And so, uh, Centre for Fathering is there to tell fathers, hey, it's time for you to do a bit more at home, be more involved, be more actively involved and not just in at home, but also in your uh, child's school life as well. Mm. Uh, and so we are there really just to inspire fathers. And how do you do that? What are some of the ways that you do that? Uh, we run many workshops. We run different uh, programs. So we have a few kind of signature programs that we run in schools, in prisons, in organisations as well. Mm. So we have Breakfast with Dad. I'm not sure if you've heard of it or seen of it. Uh, Breakfast with Dad is like a two-hour program that we do in school where we kind of just force the father and child to have a sit-down breakfast. They talk to each other. We ask some questions to quiz them, like what's your child's shoe size? And most dads don't know. Uh, And that's where we tell them, go and find out. You know, there's a lot of things you need to find out about your kids, get to know them better. And so that's Breakfast with 
that. We also have other programs, uh, father-child experiential workshop. That's for probably the primary five to secondary school age kids, uh, where the father and child do certain activities together and they learn how to bond, how to kind of just have conversations, right, through the activities as well. Uh, and we have our kind of signature workshop, which is called the ICAN. So it's talking about involvement, commitment, uh, awareness, and nurturing. Right, And so these are the four pillars in which all our programs actually kind of run off of. And so we encourage fathers to come attend this workshop. It's almost like half a day. So when they come in, they learn what it means to be an involved father, what it means to be an active father. Uh, and so that's uh, some of the things we do. We also have, I'm not sure if you know, Eat With Your Family Day, if you've seen some of the advertisements. So we do that every quarter, right? So it's a, that's one of the things that Centre for Fathering has spearheaded. So every quarter, the last week, Friday, we have uh, Eat With Your Family Day. We encourage families to just get together, have uh, they leave work a bit earlier, right? And so that'll be that's something that we do as well. Uh, other workshops like parenting the teen years, growing the teen years, and and, and I mean, at the end of the day, it's really just to help fathers, give them some tips. How can they be better? I mean, everyone's on a journey. We're never going to have a perfect father, but at least we give them some handles and tips to do better. And what made you get involved from being a primary school teacher and an educator to then being obviously very passionate about Dads for Life and everything that you're doing within this organisation? I just have always had this um, love for mentoring younger fathers because as our new parent myself as I as my wife and I were fumbling through the way you know trying to as figure we out do, as yes. we do as we do we were trying to <laughs> figure out things we didn't have a older couple to kind of give us some tips right and as as I was going through it I was saying hey it'd be helpful if I could speak to a younger father encourage them tell them hey it's okay we make mistakes along the way but we learn and there's also a support group that way and so I've always wanted that and then when Centre of Fathering had this opening for a school engagement manager you know I come from a primary school so I thought hey that's a good connection and that gives me that leeway to come in and to encourage the fathers. And that's how I ended up with Centre for Fathering. Yeah. For the longest time, parenting, more often than not, equated to one of the many roles that the mother holds. Do you agree with this? And how can we... A lot of positive changes happened in terms of that. And we're seeing a lot more involved fathers and parents working together in their parenting. But we do know that most of the parenting traditionally has been done by the mother and still women hold the majority of that load. How do we change that perception? I think, I mean, even for myself, I'm guilty of it. Mm-hmm. When we had our first kid, my wife used to say, hey, you're not helping me enough. And I'm like, I'm changing her diapers. You know, I'm cleaning the toilet. <laughs> um, you know, but as I think about it, I realised maybe it's also historically what we've grown up with, with looking at our fathers and our uncles and saying, you know, most of the time it's the mum's taking care of the kids, cooking the food, cleaning up. And so we think that that's the way it should be. But as we grow and we evolve, we learn, hey, you know, fathers can be a lot more hands-on as well. And so I think the good thing is this generation of dads have come to that place of realisation that, hey, we can do more. We can do more in looking after our kids, in doing the uh, household chores at home as well. Mm -hmm. So I I think that's a great thing. Uh, So parenting, in that sense, the concept of it is moving from just a mothering thing to a fathering thing as well. So we can do better. We can change the perception by encouraging more fathers. And I guess that's why we're around, to tell fathers, hey, you know, get get your hands dirty. And I'm sure the mothers are happy about that also. Exactly, (laughs) yeah. I mean, every uh, parent support group that I've gone to to talk to in the different schools, uh, it's full of mums. 
Yeah. And the, the question they always ask me is, why are dads not involved in the parent support groups? And I mean, education is a big thing in Singapore, right? Mm-hmm. And so why aren't fathers in the parent support groups? So I think we're trying to encourage more fathers to be involved in that area as well. Uh, so yeah. In your opinion, what are the common misconceptions about fathers yeah. with regard to parenting? I think a lot of times people think fathering is just about having fun with the kids, like playing, you know. Just showing up. Yeah, just showing up, playing with them when you need to and then you just pop in and pop out. Yeah, but I don't think that that's what fathering is or should be. Um, We can do a lot more in nurturing them, setting role, you know, examples for them, being a good role model. Uh, A lot of times we don't realise how we interact with our wife it's what our kids are watching and that's what they're learning as well. And they're learning that that's how a relationship should exactly. be, right? Exactly, yeah. And so that's why I think fathers need to be really more involved and also be very careful how you treat your mom, I mean your wife, so that the kids know how they should be treating each other as well as other human beings around them as well. Do you think there's differences between Asian and Western fathers? Or is it more that there's just a perception that there's a big difference? I think... The, the gap between Asian and Western parents is getting smaller. I agree. Yeah, I think in the past, you know, they used to say Asians are very authoritative parents and then the Westerners are more permissive in nature, right? They tend to get... More relaxed. Yeah, more relaxed. Or maybe that's a better way of saying it. <laughs> yeah, and so... Um, but as you realise, as uh, you notice the young parents these days, they're trying to find that balance between being strict like they are own parents or, you know, letting the child explore, learn for themselves. But of course, we also have parents that have gone to the other end and become what we call helicopter parents. Yes. <laughs> yeah, where they like question the teacher for just, you know, being a little bit harsh with their kids in school and things like that. So the gap has become smaller, I think. But there is, of course, a difference because of the culture, right? In Asian society, we have this filial piety that it's kind of leads us to discipline in a certain way. And so that's why a lot of parents say, if this is what I say, this is what what you must do. Whereas in the Western culture, it's more of, I guess, leading the child, letting them explore, be creative. And so that that gap is getting smaller. And Asian parents are also beginning to realise that it's fine. Let kids explore. It's not all about studying as well. And so, yeah, I think it's a great change. (laughs) There's definitely the trope around tiger mothering, like tiger mums. And we actually have had guests on the podcast talking about this before, Paige Parker, and in our first season, it was Annabelle Chu. Are there tiger dads? Is that something that... I I think there are, to be honest. Yeah, I used to always think it's a tiger mom thing, but I've come across fathers who can be quite harsh as well. And I guess it's like the complementary partnership. Some fathers can be the tiger dads, and then the mums will be the softer, you know, good cop, and he'll be the bad cop. And sometimes it's the reverse, right? Mm. So yeah, it really depends on the home and the individual. So compared to past generations, and we have talked about the fact that parenting has evolved so much since even in the 11 years that I've been a parent things have evolved and we learn more and the advice changes so compared to past generations today's fathers are described as the best generation yet what's your take on this I think we're doing better, maybe, but I wouldn't say we're the best. <laughs> I think every generation has a group of fathers that, that did their best and were the best at what they did. I mean, if you think of, I don't know if you know, uh, Mr. Rogers' Neighbourhood, um, if you've ever seen that show, he, he was the one that created the show about kids in the neighbourhood and how we should be kind to one another, right? Uh, I think it, the newest version is probably Daniel Tiger's Neighbourhood. It's based ah, off that. Yes. It's based yes. on that show, right? Very catchy songs on yes, that show. Yes, exactly, yeah. <laughs> and so in that generation, there were fathers that were like that. 
but we, we may not know or may not have heard of it. But I think every generation has good fathers and bad fathers. But of course, with knowledge out there, the access to information, the number of books that are written on parenting, these days I think you get a lot of better fathers. I think uh, the learning to find that balance again between being totally dis- you know, disciplining all the time with showing love and care and nurturing as well. So yeah, I think over time it has changed, but I wouldn't go as fast as to say it's the best generation. I know, it feels a little presumptuous, doesn't it? <laughs> so nowadays it's not uncommon to see full-time dads who are stay-at-home dads in the same way that we've had and we have stay-at-home moms. Is this part of modern parenting now? I think it is. I think um, because of the dual income nature and sometimes wives get certain opportunities uh, and then the husband has to support it. And so he decided to stay home. And like, for example, for myself, uh, my wife got a three-month fellowship to the US. And so I had to stop work for that three months, pack up and go with her to North Carolina and US. Yeah, but it was the best time I had with my daughter because there was a time when we had one kid. And so I brought my two-year-old with me. And in that three months, I just had such a wonderful time with my daughter. I just brought her walking, went to the playgrounds. And that's an experience you can never get back. The stay-at-home feeling for just three months uh, made such a a deep connection with my daughter as well. And I think sometimes that helps with the dads as well, especially if you feel a bit distant. Being a stay-at-home dad might help in that relationship. And I've heard some good stories about that as well from other fathers. Um, But of course, not everyone can do that. Some households have that limitation of having to have two parents working and then it already depends on who's earning more and things like that. And and it's not com- uncommon these days for the wife to earn more than the husband as well. So so it really depends who, you know, who's earning more and who's willing to stay home and it's really up to the family. Yeah, I mean, there are some Scandinavian countries, Denmark comes to mind, where they actually offer paid parental leave for both parents. So it's quite normal for dads to take a year off to be with the child because the government supports them to do that. Um, It would be nice if we had that here. Yeah, (laughs) it would be amazing. But it is interesting. I mean, there is also the part that is, I know that when I had my, both of my sons, I didn't want to leave them. Like, I actually don't think I would have been prepared to go back to work just because of the physical changes and all of that. But at the same time, it would have been wonderful for them to have had the same kind of time with their dad. It just wasn't possible for us. But, And it is wonderful to see dads start to show up in parent groups. Mm-hmm. I don't want to call them mother's groups, yeah. but and that kind of thing. But I do know that it can be a little isolating because there isn't the same kind of community in the stay-at-home parent community that are men. So I can imagine that the more the better in terms of building a community and a confidence that there may be more judgment, which isn't right and shouldn't be there, but there is more judgment on, oh, I'm a stay-at-home dad versus a stay-at-home mum. Like, there's judgments on women all the time and judgments on us as mothers, but no one really questions that. Whereas I think it, it's a very, oh, okay, you're a stay-at-home dad. I do feel that there's more judgment from society in terms of that as well. So the judgment or curiosity, right? Very true. Yeah, yes. Thinking back to my previous employment as well, you know, when there are days when I had to take childcare leave, my boss would ask me like, can't your wife do it? Ah, and, yeah. you know, I guess yeah. husbands get a lot of that, uh, mm. you know, at work as well. And so that's why maybe they're afraid to also spend a bit more time, take a bit of unpaid leave even to to look after their kids because bosses think that it's the wife's job, but obviously it's not, right? No. Every Both parents should be doing it. So, yeah. yeah. 
You're listening to the Honey Kids Podcast, Growing Pains. I'm your host, Ange Neo. One of the main purposes of education is to equip our children for the future. And this is something that Excel World Academy strongly believes in. This IB school has everything your child needs to succeed, from a world-class curriculum, highly experienced teachers, to a future-oriented approach to education. All these, coupled with a diverse and tight-knit school community, equips your child with the skills and exposure essential for the jobs of tomorrow. So check out Excel World Academy, the school of the future, at xwa.edu.sg today. Research shows that children who have an involved father are more likely to be emotionally secure be confident to explore their surroundings, and as they grow older, have better social connections. What are your thoughts on this? I mean, this is one of those things that we share at every father awareness talk that we go and and share at schools, wherever it may be. It is so true that the father's involvement in the life of the child makes a huge difference to how the child turns out in the end because they feel more secure when the father's around, they feel more safe, they feel emotionally better prepared to face the world. I mean, I'm not saying that single parent like mums can't do that. They can. Yeah, and we should preface this episode with we understand that not every family looks the same and we're coming at this from the presumption that it's a a mother and father family situation. Yeah, that's right. And so, yeah, that's why um, the father plays a unique role, I guess, to what the mother does. And so in that sense, it's important that fathers are present in the lives of the child. For example... I find when I bring my kids swimming, my kids tend to be more daring when I'm around, when they're feeling they'll be willing to explore, to go further, to try things when I'm around versus my, my wife who may be a bit more cautious. Right, mm. and so that in that sense, you know, fathers and mothers play a different role, and it's not a bad thing. It's just different. Yeah, I don't like this term, yeah. but is daddy issues a real thing? <laughs> <laughs> and how do we ensure this doesn't happen with? our children? How do dads cope with that? I think daddy issues are real in a sense that they don't just affect women though. They also affect men in the same way. Um, Like I said, we we run this workshop called I Can. And in that workshop, we do like a segment where we ask them to think about how were you raised by your father? And then we ask them to think about how that impacted you and how you kind of react to your child. Is it that you follow exactly what your father did to you? Or because of how the fa- your father treated you, you change the way you parent your child? And uh, I think that's impactful, right? So the daddy issues think, I think it's real to an extent, but we can't blame everything on our past as well. <laughs> so we've got to be, be careful with that, yeah. Also, you're a dad of three and you've got kind of ages ranging from nine to 17 months. What's your parenting style and how involved are you in the parenting process? And, I, and perhaps I'd be interested to know if it's evolved and changed given that there is almost eight, seven and a half, eight years between your oldest and your youngest. I think it has changed, not only because of the wisdom I've gained, <laughs> in, you know, quotation marks, um, but also the personalities of my kids. My daughter, the oldest one, she was really easy to look after. Like, I would tell her, can you sit here and play with your toys? And she'd be more than happy to do it. Uh, She'll sit beside me. If she sat on my lap, she'd be happy to just sit there and do whatever, maybe reading. Um, My second boy, on the other hand, he's a bit more challenging. So if I were to tell him to sit here, if I turn around, he'll be on the other side of the room, you know? And so he's different, right? So in that sense, I've learned to 
deal with their personalities in what in some ways. But the of course I've also grown in the way I talk to them. So like knowing that my second boy Jonah Jonah is a bit more um emotional in that sense. If I were to tell my daughter, you know, I'm angry with you because you did this, she'll keep quiet and she'll maybe come back to me and say, I'm sorry, daddy. Mm-hmm. With my second one, he'll argue with me. You know, he'll come to me and say, why daddy, you're being unfair. You he's know? challenging. Yeah, he's challenging a bit. So I've had to learn to explain myself a bit better, to rationalize it with him uh, and to realize that by me raising my voice and shouting at him at that instant may not help. So I've learned, I guess my wife teaches me quite a bit. So <laughs> being a speech therapist, I think she's got quite a lot of insight into things as well. Yes, so for sure. I've, I've learned quite a bit about communicating with my, my children. So I think, yeah, over time it's evolved. The parenting has evolved. I've learned tips and tricks. But I also learned that different personalities need different ways of parenting. Mm. Yeah. So we have dads that are listeners right now. What is one thing that you would encourage them to do differently or that would help them to connect more in terms of parenting their children? I think a lot of times we we tend to jump straight away into telling our kids no and why did you do that and then we scold them and I think it's time to ask your child like why did you do that like what you know what made you do something find out the reason for their behavior because a lot of times when kids react it's to something that's happened to them and so sometimes I think fathers especially because we tend to be a bit impatient and yeah, we, we need to ask, well, you know, what happened? Why why did you do that? And and sometimes it's it's a matter of time as well. I've got to teach them and give them time to change, to improve, just like how we would expect the same of ourselves, right? Like when you want, when our bosses tell us to do something, it takes time to put into place and into practice. And same thing happens with our kids. We have to give them time. You can't expect them to overnight just change their behavior and become angels. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I do think that you're so right that there's usually something behind it. And it's the same when you manage staff, when you work for some, you know, sometimes yourself in the moment, if you've had other things going on, you react in a way that you didn't want to. And so you're so right. It's listening and understanding and taking a moment to allow them to express themselves, particularly I find with my children, just listening and just waiting and being patient and waiting for them to confide in you and start opening up makes so much more of a difference, doesn't it, to just talking at them. How was your day? What happened? Why Why are you upset? And just being silent can really help. And my, my wife always reminds me like, hey, that's your teacher voice again. So then i got to realise, okay, i got to pull back and take a minute, let them talk, let them explain stuff to me. And So I'm, I'm learning. I mean, I'm, every day is a new challenge as well. Even with my 17-month-old, um, I'm learning that he's trying to communicate. You know, a lot of times I don't understand what he's saying, but he's really trying to communicate. Sometimes with sign language, sometimes with words that I can't make out. And uh, sometimes it, it takes patience, right, to just say, hey, okay, I'm going to listen, you know, show me, point to me, say, say it again. And then I try to make sense of what he's saying. So yeah, sometimes it's just about waiting, listening to the child, finding out what, what really is the root of the matter. What are some top tips for fathers to better support their partners in parenting? I think that's a great question. Um, I mean, coming from my own perspective, when, I, when we were first having our first child, we didn't realise, I guess, the different parental upbringing styles that we brought to the table and as we started to have disagreements on how we should discipline or correct or teach we realized hey we've got to kind of come together and say 
let's agree on how we're going to do this. Yes. Yeah, because if we don't, then we're going to end up fighting all the time and then the kids are also going to see that it's not going to be healthy. And so, yeah, at some point, fathers, you just need to ask your wife, hey, how shall we do this together? Let's agree one way of parenting. Yeah. And so I think um, that will help. Just listening to your Sometimes it's also very important that we listen to our wives to see where they're coming from, what what's their perspective on issues and how we should be doing this parenting together. So that's important. How can we help them? I think, yeah, men can do a lot more cleaning and cooking and, and whatnot just to I to hope help all them. the dads are listening right now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, do what you're good at. Uh, yes. Yeah, but you can learn. I think at the same time, I want to remind the wives that if your husband does try to do these things, don't put him down for it. You know, don't tell him that it's it's bad. Encourage him, let him do it a few more times. Sometimes it may not be the best food or, you know, the best cleaning, but at least he's put in the effort to try. So, I mean, be constructive in, in the criticism that you give as well. Yeah. And for those parents, well, dads that are listening and they're working long hours and they're missing a lot of things and they can't prioritise everything, it's just not possible. What do you think is the most important? Is it to be there for dinner time and be there for that conversation? Is it showing up for the school assembly? Is there any part that you believe is is the one where they're going to have the most meaningful impact? I think, I mean, I don't think it's a specific activity like dinner time or bringing the child to school, but it's more about how you use their time. So it's quality. It's the quality, like what kind of conversations are we having with our kids? Mm -hmm. You know, if every day you, you bring your child to school in silence... It's not really doing much also. I mean, not not that it doesn't, but it does to a small extent. But in general, it's better to find out, like, ask your child, like, you know, who's your best friend in class? Who's your favourite teacher? You know, what have you been learning in school today? You know, did you have a bad day? You know, did something bad happen? And, and after a while, it becomes natural. The conversations come. And I think those conversations add a lot of meaning to our relationships. Rather than like, okay, I must come back for dinner every day. But if the dinner doesn't, you know, have conversation, everyone's watching TV and it defeats the purpose as well. So yeah, I think it's about the deep conversations we have with our child and, and sometimes it's about building that habit of sitting down and talking, right? And then what's next for Dads for Life and the Centre for Fathering? We have so many events that kind of go on, but our main, I guess, activity that's going on will be in June, celebrating fathers. Uh, that's the big one which we kind of throw throughout the month and we'll have a big celebration. I believe it's on the 18th of June this year. It's most likely going to be at uh, Kalang, but we'll update the website for you to check out. But that will be our big like activity with all the fathers and children and families coming together. Apart from that, just look out for, I guess, different activities in your schools. We have Breakfast with Dads. We have Father-Child Experiential Workshops. We have so many different things are happening. Some schools even do like laser tag events, different activities. Oh, fun. Yeah, just to have uh, fun. The dads would love that. (laughs) So just look out for that in your schools, I would Mm. say. But we're also uh, reaching out to like RCs and the different estates, right? What are some of the different activities we can roll out? We're trying to break into some of these estates as well. So if you're listening, (laughs) reach out to us to get in there as well. Yeah, but we're, we're really trying to create as many places for families to get together, to bond, to really just build relationships. And then any last words or advice for our dads out there in terms of getting more involved in their parenting? I think, first of all, just let's 
put it out there. Fathers, just be, don't be too hard on yourself. Let's uh, take it one day at a time. We're all on this journey together. We're never going to be perfect fathers, but we can try to be the best that we can be. At the end of the day, I think it's really about building relationships with our children. So let's spend time, quality time with our kids and not forgetting our wives as well. <laughs> spend quality time with your wives. Uh, but at the end of the day, yeah, let's try to get out to know our child um, not just at home but in their school environment in the outside environments yeah getting to know them getting to spend time I think that's the most important thing I would say Olsen it's been so lovely to have you on the podcast today thank you so much for joining us lovely to have a dad on the podcast <laughs> thank you Angie. thank you <laughs> Thank you, Orson, for our chat today. I'm now joined by our podcast producer, Suv, to talk a little about today's episode. Hey, Suv. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm fabulous. So what have you learned from today's episode? Can I just say that I love this episode? The narrative when it comes to parenting has always been mothers. You know, you read a lot of uh, articles about mothers do this, mothers do that, mom guilt and all that. But you don't get to hear a lot about fathers and to have Elston come on and then talk about that, share his experiences, that's for life. It's also aligned with my personal mission at Honey Kids, which is uh, to feature more fathers, write about paternity topics and just make sure that it's not just geared to one gender, it's for both mothers and fathers yeah so sort of personal question for you I'm ready <laughs> what's your relationship with your dad like I'm not ready <laughs> uh, when you were recording this episode and then Dan and I in the background we were just saying for those that don't know Dan is our video editor yes. that's here today so we were like just looking at each other and then we were just wondering like what's it like to have a healthy relationship with your father personally my father is Stereotypical Asian father He's the staunch Silent type Doesn't talk a lot Doesn't even show His emotions Doesn't talk about His feelings And I don't get that We don't have A very close relationship He His mindset is I'm the sole breadwinner I am The person To lead the family So it's just like that We don't have Conversations And You know During occasions Like Hari Raya It's very awkward because you have to be you know you have to be a little bit closer in terms of seeking for forgiveness and you know talking about what you're going to do better every year so for the longest time I thought is that normal or is it just me but Elson brought up a very good point which was we're never going to be a perfect father or perfect parents and he also said that we can't blame our past for that so I've been angry for so long because I thought I don't have good father figure but listening to him talk and internalizing it I come to the realization that he's doing his best he's a product of his generation so that's why he's like that and I can't blame him for it but if I do ever become a father I should take that as life lessons and how to be a better father for my kids when that happens yeah I love that so <laughs> thank you <laughs> not so emotional I thought you'd be emotional well on to slightly happier things I hope Ench tell me more about Mark's relationship with Xavier and Marcel oh I've got to say I'm always grateful for my partner in life and my partner in parenting we really are 50-50 in terms of the boys and the way that we've structured it is there are things that I enjoy more and that I'm better at so I love cooking 
and there are certain parts of what we do with the kids that I enjoy more, such as maybe reading to them. So I t- and then I love music. So that they're things that kind of fall in my bucket. And then on the other side, there are things that fall into Mark's bucket. And there are things that you do really sometimes just want to talk to your dad about. So I've been very grateful for that. But another thing that actually I didn't get to touch on with Olsen, but that I understand is really important, particularly for boys and young men, is to have strong male role models that aren't their dads. So someone that they feel, so it could be an uncle, it could be, you know, a friend of the family, it could be someone at work, but someone that's a strong male mentor that they can confide in that's outside of the family. And so that's something that we're quite aware of for the boys is making sure, and we're very, we've got big families, so there are a lot of those role models and people that they can go to that aren't always their parents as well. Uh, That's a very good point that you bring up because that's also one of the things that I'm more cognizant of, especially with my nieces. I mean, they have their father, but also eventually when they grow up, I want them to know that they can also confide in me Especially if there are things that maybe they're not comfortable yet talking to their father and then hopefully I can be the other person that they can talk to and then steer them in the right direction. And if not, then I can just say, go to your father because this is a conversation that you need to have with him. Exactly. Ah, so right, Sylph. Well... That's it for this episode of Growing Pains. Thank you for listening. Thanks to all the dads who are listening today. And we will see you next time.